Before we begin part two of A.E. Marling's Amonkhet discussion, where he talks about writing flavor text and names for magic cards, how cool is that? I was reminded of a couple of things I wanted to share with you. I was listening to Command Zone, and that reminded me of two things. First, go get their Lifelinker app. It's fantastic and it supports Commander. We also have a logo in there, which is available to our patrons. So, become a patron, get access to that logo. It's a background that goes underneath your life total. It's awesome. Once again, many thanks to Jimmy and Josh. for They really went out of their way to include us and other community folks. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Josh. Second, they are playing Puzzle Quest. We've been playing Puzzle Quest, or at least I have been, for well over a year. So come join. When you join, use our friend referral code, and that's 0EDF and the number 1. So five characters there, 0EDF1. When you do join, join the Commander in Coalition. Every week you have to play at least a couple of games so that we know that you're getting points for the Coalition. Slots are limited, so we have to keep those open for the people who are willing to help us out. One more thing. We saw this guy on Twitter making custom deck boxes and all sorts of wooden stuff by hand, and we retweeted about it. Well, we got in touch, and he's a really nice guy. It's Munchkin Metropolis, and that's at Munchkin Metro on Twitter. And he's got an amazing deal for Commander and listeners. Go up to his site on Etsy, buy your stuff, mention us in the notes section, and place an order for over $50. That's like a custom deck box or two and some other tokens, maybe. Mention Commander, and, and he's going to give you a pack of Modern Masters 2017. I was stunned when he made that offer. Totally out of the blue. There's no kind of quid pro quo. He's not a sponsor. We're not his sponsor. We just like each other, and he's doing amazing work. Go check him out. Sean and I picked up a couple of his deck boxes. He was nice enough to give us a deal because we were already tweeting him. We didn't expect it, and they're absolutely amazing. We'll post a video of that if we can get the time to do an unboxing. Okay, now on with the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. So, let's start with you, A.E. We'll talk about your first uh, first pick here. Which, what what card do you want to talk about from Amonkhet? Well, this is the one I'm most eager to um, add to my Nicole Bolas deck. It's called As Foretold. <laughs> oh, and busted. this is just an unassuming enchantment. You just play it on turn three. You just shrug your <laughs> shoulders. And you're like, okay, just pass. I guess, no, I guess I'm not doing anything. And, you know, you just do as little as possible, and, and it's definitely not a card which deserves to be on the watch list. I'm just going to put, put that out right now. It's a perfectly innocent and reasonable card, which may or may not be re- also reasonable and perfectly uh, fair in modern as well. Like, those two formats, EDH and modern, this is definitely not a ban-worthy card. It is perfectly fair magic. <laughs> okay, so for the audience at home listening uh, in their cars, as foretold is a blue enchantment for two and a blue. 
It reads, at the beginning of your upkeep, put a time counter on as foretold. Once each turn, you may pay zero rather than pay the mana cost for a spell you cast with a converted mana cost of X or less, where X is the number of time counters on as foretold. And uh, for those like me who might be wondering, a spell is literally anything that is not a land. Yeah, anything you cast. So, I mean, clearly if you draw this on turn nine, it doesn't do anything. So it's not a strong card at all. It's basically <laughs> unplayable. But if you somehow get exceptionally lucky to play this early, and uh, I mean, this would pretty much never happen. You could totally play that Ornithopter for free. Somehow or earlier. Then uh, as the turns go by and it ticks up and up and you can start to cast free spells on each turn. So on the opponent's turn, you counter their Each spell. Turn. Their, the uh, second opponent's turn, you counter their spell. Third opponent's turn, you draw 10 cards. Just for instance, just just throwing out random things. <laughs> so, but anyways, that's, that's all I have to say about that. It's probably almost not playable. On an unrelated note, AE, how is your Joya of the Gitu deck doing nowadays? Because <laughs> that's where this card goes. Because those counters are... Any decks which you take additional turns in, for instance... Just throwing that out there. Mm, but Joyra uses time counters <laughs> um, is her thing oh. for suspend, oh, oh, oh. but these are still <laughs> time counters, so all the effects in her deck which adds time counters onto things. It's just a perfect oh, that's fair not right magic at all. card. I think we can go on to the next one. Really nothing more to discuss. Are you proud that something <laughs> you had a hand in is like the the hot stuff in standard right now? This is like a $12 card. I, as I said, I'm excited to play it in modern if I ever have enough time to play different decks. Uh, not not familiar with this modern thing you're talking about. It's not. Yeah, I keep hearing it. It's like, would this work in Mizzix, or would that be a cross purpose? I think Mizzix, it's taking up a slot of some cantrip that you need. Right. Yeah, I guess you wouldn't need this because it would be redundant there. Yeah, the commander's already doing it. But uh, I don't know, Atraxa maybe. She might enjoy this. I think what it would work in there are many ways check me to out here is Nekasar because it's going to let you cast all those wheels for free. <laughs> oh, that's not right at all. Yeah, that's when I read oh, it. I was like, right. "What? What deck have I got that just wants to constantly cycle like burn cards out of my hand?" Oh, Nekasar, that'll kill everyone. Right, got you. Look, it's very simple. If they, if the table allows you to have this for four or five turns, and they don't destroy it, you know, it's on them. Like maybe it was meant to happen. It was. It was maybe they were not worthy in the uh, God Pharaoh's eyes. Perhaps those results were foretold. Mm. Oh my goodness! And I do, I did cheat. This is one I I wrote as well, but it is honestly the one I'm most excited to play. Uh, um, yeah. I wrote the name of this one, and uh, I do only ask this. Whenever you use it, in a, the deepest voice you can manage, say, as foretold, and then play your card. As foretold. <laughs> I do like the way that the hands in this are totally doing bolus hands, with the, the yeah, sun being the, the gem in the middle of his head. That's a neat touch. Mm-hmm. One of our patrons, Andy Bentley, asks if coming of the second sun is actually... <laughs> just the way you spell Nickel Bolas is returning. By the way, when this, when As Foretold was spoiled, I thought it was the coolest name. I actually didn't know it was yours. So I think I'm on the podcast saying that. And by the way, uh, by A.E. Marling's books. <laughs> Do we all get a piece of the envelope being slipped under the table to you, Phil? Or is that just going to you? <laughs> I wish.
I was trying to find that on the uh, the show notes, but uh, the coming of the second sun, <laughs> it is just reference to the idea that this sun is aligning with the bull's horns, and once that happens, yeah. the lore of Amonkhet is that Bolas will come and bestow his blessings and whisk everyone who is worthy away to the afterlife. And I, for one, welcome our imminent Lord of the Multiverse. May he come soon and may we be proven worthy. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, right, so I'll pick my favorite card from Almond Cat is Kefnet the Mindful. <laughs> Okay, so I don't know why this card is so massively underrated and people have been sniffy about it. I mean, what's. It's very hard in our format to have seven cards or more in your hand, isn't it? Hey, man, I play Boros, okay? If I have more than two cards in my hand, I have been doing it wrong. Okay, so for everyone else that doesn't play the worst color combination in Magic. Look, nobody told me that when I started, okay? <laughs> Oh, well, sorry. Worst color combination EDH. I'm sure it's very good in other formats. Uh, a 5-5 flying indestructible creature that lets you draw cards for three mana seems reasonable. And, <laughs> I mean, you may return a land to your hand. You can abuse the crap out of that trigger quite easily. Gosh, why would you want to return any land to your hand? I think like Thassa who is a sensationally good card, also a god, also three mana, also has conditions to allow you to use her to attack and block. This, she's massively underrated too. So both the blue gods do what the color wants to do, do it very cost effectively, and have other shenanigans you can do if you build your deck correctly. Kefnet is great. Yeah, yeah. Kefnet is good. And is the best, in my opinion, of the four gods. <laughs> I see what you did there. However, I totally yeah. disagree. <laughs> Run us for life. But um yeah, I, I don't know, Kefna is the problem is just that means you have to play blue yeah. and <laughs> like I don't I don't want to play blue except I mean it's weird like half of my EDHX are blue. I guess everybody's EDHX are blue. Because all we ever do is draw cards, counter, and stop people from playing. Down with Leovold. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I want to jump to my favorite card, or one of the three that I picked, was Liliana's Mastery. The uh, three, two black enchantment, which gives all zombies plus one, plus one, and lets you have two extra zombie tokens. Because I know that both myself and uh, the Lich over here play Grin <laughs> quite extensively. This card is basically made for that deck. And yeah, it's a little slow and there's a lot of zombie lords out there. But it's such a cool, flavorful card. It looks so cool. And it's always fun to get more zombies because that makes Liliana's emblem just give you that many more when she starts doubling like crazy. And because it's an enchantment, it's harder to get rid of in this format, so it sticks around longer than all the other lords do. And, I don't know, I've, this set did wonders for zombies. It's almost actually better than the new Innistrad sets are, which is super weird. But, uh, yeah, Lilyon to Mastery, man, I'm stoked to play it. Yeah, that's a, that's a good Although I, there are no other liches on this 
cast. I don't know what you're talking about, Chief. And by the way, it is getting a little bit late. I'm worried about my phylactery. <laughs> I mean, if I were to have one. If I were to have one. <laughs> my first pick, I too am going to skip down, is harvest season. Uh, for two and a green, you get a sorcery that says... Search your library for up to X basic land cards, where X is the number of tapped creatures you control, and put those cards onto the battlefield tapped. Then shuffle your library. That's going... I just brewed a... I just built a Rith deck, and I need to already put room in it for this one. This is incredible, because I intend to have something on the order of... something small, like 10 or 15 tokens at any given time. And uh, this will allow me to empty my deck of basic lands, and the next turn will be something to behold. Will it be foretold? Yeah. If they let me cast this spell, it certainly will be foretold. (laughs) Hey, what's your pick number two, sir? I did contribute some names and flavor text to the Amonkhet Blocker. My personal favorite in terms of a storytelling moment is open into wonder where we have a picture Mm. of the four gate watch entering through the hecama into the city card name open into wonder it says x target creatures can't be blocked this turn until end of turn those creatures gain whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player draw a card now first to be pertinent to note that as i predicted i immediately lost of this card in the the flavor uh the pre-release someone cited in two against me I can only assume out of direct malice, so I got to see <laughs> the opponent play this, and I was, he killed me with exacties both times. So I got the huh. perfect, I got the perfect. Way, I really appreciated the work I did on this card, but I wrote the name of flavor text. The flavor text is the one thing the Gate Watch didn't expect to find on a plane ruled by Nicole Bolas was perfection. So in this case, mm. we get the idea that. They had certain expectations when they came to Amonkhet, and those were, uh, they could not immediately label what was going on here evil. In fact, it first seemed very pleasant, especially Liliana was very enamored by the high society of mummies in this land. Gideon really loved (laughs) the, was just heart struck by Okatra, the true, um, got to see a god in the flesh who legitimately cared about her people's well-beings and so uh it the gate watchers prepared for disaster and prepared to fight and said what they met was paradise and i was happy to convey this through this card indeed that flavor text certainly certainly conveys that and in you know this the sense of wonder no pun intended there yeah it's a cool looking card yeah. I mean, that first story, it, I read the, the story online, of course, the magic story, and their drop into that world was tumultuous, shall we say. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But then when they come across the the city, <laughs> it's entirely different. Yeah, I thought that was a super neat way to yeah. just introduce this world. It it felt totally so different from everything from Kaladesh, so it was definitely nice to to see a, a brand new side of magic. I can't wait to see some original um, Amonkhetian planeswalkers. Because so far we've just had Gideon's and Liliana's, haven't we? And, mm. and Nissa's. 
Yeah, I have my doubts that we'll see anybody. Yeah, most that. of the good ones Sorry. tend to get deemed worthy, and uh, I don't know, maybe um, Hazaret's probably got a whole ton of planeswalkers at the end of her spear, but I guess we'll never know. Yeah, she has a planeswalker kebab. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Gently roasting Gideon <laughs> over a fire. Yeah, goes Gideon, then some peppers and onions, then Nissa. <laughs> <laughs> And she saves Jace for last. Oh, oh yeah, because God. we wouldn't want to hurt poor precious Jace, would we? Well, she wants him to see what's coming. <laughs> I, if you ever get to write Jace as a character in some form of uh, longer form than flavor text or card names, can you write him to be something other than a massive Mary Sue? Like, he's just so annoyingly <sighs> perfect. It's been really nice to take a break from Jace for the past block and a half in general. You know those flaws you were talking <laughs> yeah, about in Sherlock Holmes? Someone needs to write flaws into Jace, like actual flaws, rather than his curiosity gets the better of him sometimes, which isn't a flaw. What makes Jace an exciting character is not only do we have some of the Good luck with this intellectual defense. prowess that we make Sherlock Holmes exciting, but also... His past has been stripped away, and so he's unable to relate cleanly with other people, and so his awkwardness in relating to other people is one of the things which makes him an exciting and dynamic character. So he's the Sheldon Cooper of the Gay Watch. He can't relate to people, has no points of reference, can't understand the world. You said it, not me, man. <sighs> I like to think of him as the potential uh, data of the Gatewatch in the sense that he's extremely mentally capable but has to ask questions about uh, the way people interact with each other and the way people experience life because he's had his childhood stripped away. Sean, what is your... My AE pick is... Pick from AE's list, yeah. And I think this is actually a fairly decent card if you were bringing budget stuff as well. It is. Um, is Ruthless Sniper. One black for a creature human archer is a 1-2. Whenever you cycle or discard a card, you may pay one generic mana. If you do, put a minus one, minus one counter on target creature. And the flavor text is, you may feel a slight sting. And AE wrote both the name and the flavor text for this one, right? I am guilty as charged for that one, yes. <laughs> <laughs> As you guys know, I often get accused of being a blue mage, but I'm absolutely a black mage at heart. And everything about this card oozes black, and so other than just its casting cost. So the flavor text so you may feel a slight sting conveys an arrogance that's in black, a sense of wit or humor, which I think is present in AE's work. Um,. It tells you. Yeah, I actually like that flavor text quite a bit for this card. Yeah, it tells you <laughs> mm-hmm. what the card's going to do without being obvious or blunt. When you're facing down this card as an opponent, it, you do get that sense of you have this bead on your neck because cycling is a hidden thing. You don't know if the opponent has the capacity to cycle. So you don't know whether, in fact, this ruthless sniper has an arrow in his quiver. So there's this kind of eerie sense of like I may be in big trouble and nothing feels comfortable and nothing feels safe exactly as if you have this scorpion arrowhead trained on your creature's neck it's hmm. very cool and like from a Zup. 
a use perspective, you put this in a discard theme deck, this kills indestructible creatures. Yeah, it does. Very slowly, but yeah, you mm. could get my uh, Sliver Hive Lord with this eventually. If I make you discard six, because <laughs> that's the sort of thing my Nath deck does, I just pay an additional six mana and it murders it. That oh. is gross. Well, it's whenever you cycle or yeah, discard. Yeah, if you're wheeling, which is what those decks tend to do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's not nice at all. Yeah. <laughs> Also, it's the activation threat, too, because in, in Commander, you could say, well, look, I don't want to have to cycle this and kind of shoot down your Commander to, to size, so just the threat of activation can keep people from attacking you, so I guess that's how it's relevant in Commander most, I would say. I would put this in a budget Nekasar as a removal piece. Yeah, yeah, it has a home in that, doesn't it? I think there's, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff which makes you discard your own cards uh, for benefit that this would work in. But as I say, that flavor text is is the essence of black boiled down into just six small words. Yeah, I like it a lot. That's great. Yeah, so the card that I picked out of your list, which was a pleasant surprise to find that it was on your list, is my favorite card from the set, Anointed Procession, because what White needed more than anything was doubling season. And we finally got it, <laughs> and now I can have all the soldiers Parallel I want lives. forever. The three and a white uh, enchantment that, I guess everything I picked today was enchantment, so that's pretty great. <laughs> that gives me uh, twice as many tokens when I get one. What did you work on for this card? I believe Aunt Tessador did the name, Anointed Procession, and I did the flavor text. The gods here may walk among the people, but they are not with them. Oh, I liked that flavor text a lot. Because that story yeah. segment of Gideon's uh, faith journey was super good. And it's really, really resonant and really interesting the way they wrote it out. And this was so, like, vibrant in the way that you kind of set it up here. That, like, it definitely sets up the, the conflict of the issue of Gideon in this block. Which is, like, he's been looking for the gods. They're right here. But wait. Wait a second. And it's just, there's that forebodingness to it. And I, you don't see that a lot on white cards. And it's really, really just clever how that kind of dark edge got. You, I mean, the set did such a good job of giving Nicol Bolas a shadow over everything that even the white cards kind of reflect his nature. You know, it's really, really yeah. cool. I will admit that as a rule, I prefer white cards, which you can see the potential evil in them in the sense that white is in general sacrificing for the good of the society. But if the society has strange uh, predispositions or it has rigorous demands on what is the best for society, the individual can be vastly suppressed in general. Um, And I was happy to contribute to this card. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My choice, I trying to go through the list and just look at the flavor text. So, I mean, the, the, the card isn't that great, but the flavor text speaks to me more than any other. Impeccable timing, right? It's just a little instant. One and a white, impeccable timing deals three damage to target attacking or blocking creature. And in, in our format, that's not really useful at all. But the flavor text, and, it, and it's a reprint of a card from Kaladesh. To a trained warrior, there is scarcely a more potent weapon than patience. Ugh, that's excellent. 
hasn't impeccable timing been reprinted like a dozen times? Yeah. Yeah. It, and it was just reprinted in. Yeah, Kaladesh the Kaladesh too. one was. Uh, anyways, that is not uh, here nor there, but I like that one a lot. Yeah, just the the focus and the way it combines with the art, where obviously this person's holding that javelin. Maybe it's a spear, but it's holding that that weapon and is just about to toss it after the uh, their enemy clears this scything blade trap. <laughs> That's so cool. And uh, if they miss, it's all over because that this, this opponent has a big sword. So the, the flavor text is... I don't know. I'm just looking at a guy and I'm just imagining him going, Geronimo! <laughs> yeah, just like... <laughs> and the dude holding his spear is going like, oh, snap. This the, is not... The dude holding his spear is going, how do you get a reference to the uh, American... Native American leader Geronimo into Amaga. Ah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How did he get here? Oh. Who do you know? How Banzai. do you know that person is? <laughs> Based on the art, it does seem that we are in the trial of ambition at this point, where uh, yeah. the initiates who had worked together for this whole time, who grew up together, trained together for so long, do turn on each other to uh, see who is going to be the most esteemed in the afterlife and in the eyes of uh, Bantu. So that is what we're seeing here, a initiate charging through the blade traps, and just when he thinks he's made it, his uh, former friend just looks like he's just going to stick him. So, Or I guess it is possible that this creature that's charging at us is one of the guards in the Trial of Ambition as well. Mm, could be. Similar right. to the Amit, they had a series of difficulties that you had to overcome and maybe this and no it does look like a charging ram to me so i think it's uh pretty clearly one of his former friends i would say he's gonna get it yeah huh. well you know well too bad i intend him. to have a, a a trial of uh to the death with phil when i eventually touch down in america <laughs> yeah and let the most ambitious win and uh to the greater glory of the god pharaoh yeah. May we be found worthy. Yes. May we be found worthy. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> I think we decided which of us gets to put your organs into a Coptic jar, Phil. Hey! <laughs> Sorry. I'm suddenly very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, but that's just your living your man, organs will be. Your organs will be, unco- will be comfortable in those Coptic jars. It's true. <laughs> guys. Look, man, guys. we figured out this whole pickling method. It'll be great. Nobody will ever know the difference. I told you I was bringing you some Branston pickle. Um, well, you are part of that Branston pickle, so congratulations. Sir. <laughs> I'm starting to rethink this Vegas thing. <laughs> and not to be elitist or anything, but pickling organs, that th- stuff is just so low class. You really want to engage that 19-point ritual, which involves the cleansing of the soul other people's soul to initiate the ritual hey look we, we work on a budget here and so we just okay. gotta <laughs> okay okay I, I wasn't familiar with the requirements of the podcast i, I apologize <laughs> Ooh, boy. I don't know. Hold, hold on i have a trip to cancel <laughs> you won't be needing any trips anymore phil don't worry about it you'll be just yeah. perfect right here i've got to report a false charge I've got a report of a false charge to GoFundMe. Hold on. Um, 
<laughs> well, it has been a pleasure. Uh, we we have a, a tremendous number of questions, but we're just not going to get to them. We've been at this now for uh, a significant amount of time, and we all do have to go get our beauty sleep or, in Sean's case, um, raise a child. Yeah, you can probably hear him in the background distantly. Uh, <laughs> one of them. That, of course, is Blake, the child of Alara. Yes, and I have a, a stepchild as well now called Isaac, who is... What's the most agent of chaos card you can find in Magic? Cracks. Huh. I think there's a Chaos Lord, actually. Yeah, there you go. He could be yeah. a Chaos Lord. <laughs> um, he's certainly a red mage, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to have to go deal with well, that. Well, AE, thank you for coming on the show. You are always welcome here. Thank you for having me. Um, I should probably be remiss. If you're interested in flavor, you should definitely follow Root um, at R U D G E D E T. She's an Egyptologist and she if she has time, we'll be able to answer your Egypt questions at least some degree, but she knows so much. It's very complex and she'll tweet a lot. So if you have a very pressing question, maybe ask her one question. Yeah. And her Tumblr is fantastic <laughs> for Egyptian information. And it's just, it's yeah. really just a wonderful resource. You mentioned finding my books on Amazon. I would suggest instead trying to find them on Smashwords as Amazon is being a little bit of a monster right now. Oh, okay. Okay. The show notes can have a link to them on Smashwords, but yeah, it's it's an indie site, and they do good work. All right, I will include that in the show. As notes. a matter of fact, what I do is I build my books on, or the the books get processed through Smashwords, and then I transfer them to Amazon. So you're getting them directly from the source, so to speak. Oh, I had no idea that that's something we always value is getting uh, going as as close to the source as possible to get our books and other media. I just wish I've I've now bought six or seven of them, and I just wish I had known about them on Smashwords. I just used Amazon. Well, thank goodness you had me on the podcast, then. Yeah, woo! So, listeners, cancel that order and go to Smashwords. We'll provide the link. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> goodness gracious what am i doing hey, it's come to this how can people reach you yeah it has come to this i'm basically just <laughs> busking for you right people can reach me at twitter at ae marling and if you wish to follow the vorthos community look at the hashtag vorthos uh, v-o-r-t-h-o-s uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I will occasionally discuss uh, magic cards and unfortunately more frequently discuss things which cannot be discussed on this podcast because that's the world we live in. Right. But we all do what we can. Right. And you are uh, obviously, based on that, you are a Hearthstone player. No. <laughs> well, they'll have to find out what exactly I was referring to. He's yes. a massive fan of the <laughs> early works of Public Enemy. Um <laughs> yes. He actually writes public enemy fan fiction involving midichlorians. <laughs> Chuck D turned to Flavy Flav and said, "Let me test your blood for midichlorians." Oh. Goodness, you gracious. can't take my blood, for as you know, I am a Republican Jehovah's Witness. There you go. But as I've it turns out, four. I've been playing Druid the whole time. <laughs> and you can't take my blood because it. I mean, I definitely have blood. I, no. <laughs> 
The blood is flowing strongly through my veins. I have a heart which is beating, and I feel all those human emotions. Just that heart happens to be in a jar <laughs> hidden under a highway. As I said, under some floorboards. Definitely, yeah. probably not hidden within your magic cards in a interplanar space, Sean. So you should definitely look into that. You should de- no need to look. No need to rip them all. Right. Okay. So you wouldn't happen to have any technology that let me look into a maybe an interdimensional bag where you have uses extra storage or just well, rubbish around your concerns are just utterly illegitimate I'm, I, I think we've, we've gone long enough I now need to go to my meditation vault <laughs> <laughs> it's getting late <laughs> so despite the last few minutes and our actual foray into hip hop will you come back later to talk about the next sets to which you contributed we know that Hour of Devastation is one of them so maybe in July sometime not only that, I will be able to talk about my Nicole Bowles deck because I'll have time to have had time to that's actually right. played some more EDH. Will you actually be at GP Vegas? Sorry, that's good. we didn't ask that. Oh, yes, I will be at GP Vegas. I'll be playing in the Legacy and Modern events. In which case, I'm calling you out right now. I ain't going to be. Oh, you're not going to play EDH? I may. I haven't checked the time. So if I can, I'll he play, will play EDH. EDH. Wow. Uh, certainly. I feel it's likely I will be playing EDH some of the time. Yes. Will you be cosplaying? I will also likely be cosplaying some of the time, but I'm taking this opportunity to actually compete in Magic because I do love the competitiveness of the game. And uh, it so happens that this one lines up that I can actually compete in it, so I'll be diving into that one. You were at GPLA, weren't you? GP, uh, yep. Uh, let's see. Yeah, and... That's where uh, Nate and I uh, took a lot of pictures with you. But you competed in the modern event there as Stitcher Geralf. I was cosplaying as Stitcher Geralf. <laughs> and I have noticed that I have not converted too many day twos while cosplaying. So <laughs> take that correlation as you will. But I am 100% not converting to day twos while cosplaying. And uh, certainly there are some reasons that that might be true. But uh, um, it's possible I will not be cosplaying every day at GP Las Vegas. <laughs> it's the, the peons to science, I think, that really kind of disrupt your flow. <laughs> I mean, you just have to dedicate yourself to your work sometimes, and that's often digging up bodies to create works of genius. I mean, no one can really fall. I often that. tell the story of our EDH match where you were playing Grim Grin as Giraffe. <laughs> And then when you switched, it was to Prime Speaker Zagana, was it? Or is it straight up Thassa? It was Thassa. I had a Sea Monster stack. And when you switched to that, your entire aspect changed. (laughs) You became impervious to any sort of politicking. There was no swaying you. There was no appealing to some human nature. It was almost as if you lacked a beating heart. No, 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 no. Clearly, I was just getting into the whole Theros god aspect, and they're just so distant, you know. It's hard, they're hard to influence. <laughs> I heard that Nate didn't really leave the show. He's still trapped inside A.E.'s giant clam. Mm. <laughs> Look, it is important to select the, the right sort of souls for the 19-point ritual, but... Nate, Nate had nothing to do with it. He is perfectly alive and living, I assure you. He has not been replaced by a simulacrum. If I knew <laughs> Nate well enough, 
he would have had a bag full of about 50 souls. He would have had souls coming out everywhere if you got that off him. (laughs) (laughs) Purely out of interest. I mean, I wouldn't do this sort of thing, but if I wanted to achieve immortality, would you recommend (laughs) um, Horcrux beating heart or ancient painting which ages, you know? Oh well, that that is that is a good question. That is a good question. Because I'm leaning like towards painting. Best to be answered offline. Now, <laughs> the painting is very much like a simulacrum, isn't it? In the sense that you have this. I mean, I, I from what I read about the topic, second hand, third hand, fourth hand, <laughs> but uh, you have this focus which allows you to keep your eternal youth and good looks and just an intellect and just charming personality. But uh, then, as long as this focus stays well-preserved, would be a painting or a uh, uh, crystal made of the deepest amethyst. Uh, that stays <laughs> safe, and uh, then you can go about your business and no one's going to be the wiser. So uh, it just depends on your aesthetic. Certainly, uh, Lichtenstein has a certain Spartan nation, nature to it. You're just, <laughs> you're, you're just, you lose all the pounds. It's a great way to shed weight. <laughs> and then you can create minor illusions if you wish to appear human. But as and I then, understand it, though, <laughs> Sean can also just lose all of his pounds by getting divorced, right? Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Aren't you funny, Shivam? Right. Oh. I would never make a, an insensitive joke I to you. I should have stopped halfway. <laughs> I, I, I saw it coming and I got like... powerless. <sighs> I think Sean might have had it coming after that early one. Oh. Oh, that was not right. I, I would sorry. like to. Th- <laughs> I would like to thank everybody who's made it this far for hanging out with us this episode. We're pretty amazed if anybody is still listening. I mean, all this talk of non non talk of lichdom and then puns uh, and hip hop. Thank you. Without the support of our patrons as well, this episode would not have happened. Guaranteed. So if you want to support the podcast and be one of our wonderful patrons, just head on over to patreon.com slash commander at MTG. Don't forget whether or not you're donating. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you absolutely can, and we love talking to you. So send us mail. Complaints should be directed to at copain26. Yep. Or you can also send it to cast at commander at mtg.com. We're incredibly grateful, as we said, to all of our patrons, including brand new patrons like Nine Bit. I'll say that properly. It's Nine Bit. <laughs> nine, nine Bit. bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you two guesses as to what uh, Nine Bit's Twitter handle is. Also, uh, Jason Bearden. I wonder if he has an actual beard. That's kind of. Cool. I prefer to think it was Jason Bear Den, so it's a den full of bears. Oh, Bear Den. Bear den. Yes. Grr. A Bear Den is either a place where a bear sleeps or a gay bar. <laughs> Phil is now thinking, do I edit that joke or not? <laughs> and, uh, believe it or not, the decision was far more rapid than that. <laughs> and uh, Tim Clatt. Perhaps it's pronounced clat. Come play test with us online as well. And if you donate $10 or more per episode, you can come join our patron chat group that we host over on Facebook. So we haven't 
done it in a while. We've gotten kind of compressed for time, but many thanks to all the people who contribute to the podcast, including Justin for his service space, Nate Burgess for the song, um, which is, uh, has been described recently as the best song in the business. Mr. Picto for his logo work and my wife, Kelly, for supporting that too. Again, you can reach us by going to our website, commander at mtg.com. Our email is cast at commander at mtg.com. That's where you send your resumes to join the rules committee. Find us on all the social media. I'm going to read those out in a special recorded thing, I think. <laughs> that will be excellent, and it needs to happen. Yeah, I'll try and get that recorded today. You can find today. us on... <laughs> oh, that's going to be hella funny. You can find us on... <laughs> you can find us on all the social media by searching for Commander and MTG Podcast. And individually on Twitter, we are I'm at Ketjack. I'm at Copain26. I'm at Electrotal. I am at AE Marling. And Indeed. AE, uh, in the time on a tradition, we get our guests to take us out. So, however you see fit, sir. I wish everyone good night and good luck. Oh, that's Aww. sweet. That's not something a lich would say. Definitely no. not. <laughs> <laughs> Go, Mandarin!